podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe. This edition is going to kind of be looking at Liverpool. I'll reflect on that game, give you some of my key takeaways regarding some player performances. And then we'll move into the new manager search. Who were the front runners? A mental situation where Frank Lampard could have returned as a caretaker. I'll give you my thoughts on that as well. Before we do, turn on those notifications on YouTube. If you're new to the channel, want to see more Chelsea content covering who is going to be Chelsea's next head coach. And of course, the rest of this season with the Champions League tie against Real Madrid coming up next week. If you are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min podcast network. I'm going to start and I don't want to spend too long because it was a nil-nil at the end of the day on last night's game against Liverpool. I was at the game. It could have been worse, but could have been a lot better. Chelsea deserved to win um, or Chelsea created the chances to win. They absolutely dominated Liverpool. Liverpool weren't really in the game. And I think that says a lot about how poor Liverpool are this season. But they got away with it because Chelsea are very helpful in that aspect of not finishing their chances. The XG says as much. We created over two, I think 2.43 or something like that. Ridiculous in the game compared to Liverpool when so many big chances, but it's the story of Chelsea, isn't it? And that kind of just screaming in front of you once again of how important it is that this summer Chelsea attempt to rectify that problem. I want to speak about four players quickly. Kai Havertz, Joao Felix, Matteo Kovacic and N'Golo Kante. Three of those are kind of negative, one of those is positive. If you watch the game, quite obvious where they're, they're going to fall, to be honest. Firstly, it's Kai Havertz uh, because he came in for a lot of criticism last night. I don't think unfairly. I don't think he had a good performance. And again, the discussion over his Chelsea future, I think, is very relevant. I have been someone who's been very critical of Kai Havertz. I do think the Kai Havertz project, if you want to call it that, has kind of failed at this point. Um, just in a sense of how more, how many more seasons, how much longer are we going to go having the same conversation about Kai Havertz? I don't know how much energy I've got left for it at this point. And, you know, you've got to think that this has been a decent chunk of time now we've been watching Kai Havertz in a Chelsea shirt. And, you know, I know that there have been extenuating circumstances that a better structure of club, a more settled club, a more settled system, you know, a coach that would have given him a role that was more suitable to his attributes, maybe a better league, better suited league. That could be some of the analysis that's done in the end if Kai Havertz does return to the Bundesliga this summer. But... I just am a little bit tired of watching Havertz, you know, go through these brief purple patches where he looks like a really, really good player, but then spends the majority of the season not looking like that and not looking effective. And we try him in different positions and there doesn't seem to be that much uptick. And I just feel with Kai Havertz, he gets a lot of great opportunities and he gets a lot of opportunities on the pitch that I feel players maybe from the academy or other players wouldn't get those opportunities to prove themselves and then fail to impress. And Havertz, it was it was a below average performance, but it wasn't exactly an anomaly that performance last night where he gets, you know, physically he's not good enough to hold up the ball and be a real presence in the box like he can be sometimes. And in front of goal, he's just not decisive enough. He's not ruthless enough. He seems to have this thing where he has to chip or place the ball as delicately as possible. Very rarely do you see him whack a ball. And it's not the case that you have to smash a ball as hard as you can every time. There is a time and a place for a delicate finish. And sometimes it looks wonderful when it comes off. But 
it's just not playing with the averages. I think at times I want to see Kai Havertz put his foot through the ball in front of goal. And it, I think it shows a lack of um, edge. It shows a lack of maybe decisiveness. I think Daniel Sturridge did a lot of good analysis for Sky Sports in terms of the psychology of a striker when they when they get one-on-one with the goalkeeper of kind of the picture in their head. Definitely suggest go and find it. It's on um, Sky Sports. I think Sky Sports Football or something. You can definitely go and check it out. And I just feel for Kai... Whether we keep him or not, we have to sign a new striker, but I just wonder how long it is until we kind of have a serious conversation whether it's worth persisting with him any longer. Because if these performances persist for another season, are you just wasting time at this point and you can actually recoup a decent fee and invest it on someone else who is actually going to be more consistent and more effective over the course of a season rather than three to four games, which can be important games, but we're not going to be in the Champions League next season very likely. And that's when he seems to have his best performances. Joao Felix is another one. And it's just a question. He's He can be a very entertaining player to watch. But my question is, if that entertaining part of his game doesn't actually lead to a productive end and actually improve Chelsea's attack, what is the point in having him in the team? I know that sounds harsh, but... You know, I, my concern with Joao Felix is we have a we have a Kovacic just further up the pitch where aesthetically he looks very nice, but he doesn't have the end product. He doesn't play the passes he's supposed to. He has a lack of execution. Decision making isn't always the best. And if you're going to rely on him that much, is that actually a flaw in your team? That's the question I want to pose. I just more and more, I just think I'm leaning more and more that I just don't think it's worth the investment, the heavy investment that's required to keep Joao Felix when you have Christopher and Kunku coming in, when you're potentially keeping Kai Havertz, when I think you should be keeping Mason Mount, who I think over the last three years has proved an effective player for Chelsea. Felix for always nice flicks and tricks. And I say he has some nice dazzling moments that makes the crowd excited. And, and to be fair, we haven't had a lot of that. But if you're not adding the effectiveness at the end, aesthetics versus effectiveness, I'm going for effectiveness 10 out of 10 times. Kovacic, I just think it's probably time to cut ties with him as well. That's not to say he hasn't been a valuable squad member, but again, how much more are we getting out of him? I think that's the big question. But the positive is N'Golo Kante. I, I just, please keep Kante fit. Please, can the football gods give us one full season or, or at least most of that next year with Kante? If he stays fit and you saw it last night, transformative player and I've never said he's not and I've never said that there's no reality where he could give you certain performances like that if he stays fit it's just if he stays fit and doesn't break down the potential is there for a special run of performances again that could be transformative for the next head coach it really could let's go into the next manager the search Uh, Matt Law's piece today Luis Enrique flies in for Chelsea talks but Frank Lampard could be a caretaker option. Uh, Enrique has flown to London. This has been reported by several people as Chelsea are stepping talks over their next head coach, but the club have not yet ruled out appointing a more experienced caretaker until the end of the season if their preferred permanent candidate does not want to jump straight into the hot seat. That could open the door for the possibility of Chelsea legend Frank Lampard being offered a shock return to take charge of the team until the end of the season. But sources are adamant that scenario is simply a consideration at this stage. Lampard was sat behind Paul Wynn Stanley and Lawrence Stewart at Stamford Bridge and Bayad Bali on Tuesday night against Liverpool, uh, which of course prompted speculation. But apparently Chelsea are in contact with Enrique and Julian Nagelsmann, who were who rated as early favourites for the full-time post, but will try to hold talks with up to five candidates, including Maurizio Pochettino. There's a lot to say here. I think on the first part in terms of the leading candidates, I said the other day that Pochettino would be my preferred choice. He still is. I feel it just ticks a lot of boxes. 
and it's about sort of that structure and why I think that just whoever we get, it should be about appointing a head coach that fits what Chelsea are trying to do as a club. Not just, let's just get a maverick in to rip everything up and bend to their, their will. And then in two to three years, when they inevitably leave the club, it blows up in our face, collateral damage. That's my concern at the moment. I feel a lot of people, because things have been so bad, are kind of leaning in. We need this Messiah, Savior figure to come in. And there is a lot about that that is kind of wrapped up with media and the way we cover head coaches. They are very important. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that head coaches don't matter and they don't change the course of clubs, success or failure. But at the same time, this coach needs to fit into what Chelsea are trying to do. So I, I think that having someone who is um, amenable to that is open, that they're going to have to collaborate and it's not going to be a dictatorship. That's why a, a guy like Antonio Conte is a complete no-no for many clubs at this point because he isn't like that and it's going to blow up in your face quite quickly. Luis Enrique, I think the he clearly has a good track record, you know, and he clearly is someone that is rated highly. You look at the success, particularly he had at Barcelona where he worked with an amazing group of players, particularly an amazing front three. I think for context, it is fair to point out that he had Messi, Neymar and Suarez for a period when they were electric, but he did help win the Champions League in 2015. And, you know, they scored some uh, bundles of goals with that attack. But I have to say it was an astonishing attack for a period of time. Neymar probably was at the peak of his career at that point. Messi is Messi and Suarez as well was still at the peak of his career. There was other players involved in that too, Barcelona, but that was a very good Barcelona team. You could probably argue the best one since Pep left, actually, which is, you know, some hype, I think, for Enrique, but there's been a lot of problems. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Barcelona, so... Credit to him. I think he's done some good work with Spain, but he hasn't coached a club since 2017 when he left Barcelona. That is a large chunk of time to be out of club football. And you think about what's happened since then. That is, in Chelsea years, that's a long period of time. And that is my one concern. International football is very different to club football. And, you know, there has been problems with him. You know, how long would he stay at a club? His kind of interest in staying in the game that long, the intensity of the game, some of off the field issues that, you know, personally have a lot of sympathy for. I think these are things you have to take into consideration if the club are looking at someone for the long term. That doesn't mean he should be completely ruled out. And this is a guy who has worked with big egos, big superstars and can play an attractive brand of football. If you look at his career pre-Barcelona, I mean, it's not the most amazing, but he did do some decent work with limited resources. So it's no surprise that Enrique would come up into the conversation in this point. I just personally don't think, compared to, say, Julian Negelsmann and also Maurizio Pochettino, for me personally, those two come above. I think with Negelsmann, my concern is maybe character and falling out of players and particularly when you're walking into a Chelsea situation it is a bit chaotic with a huge squad at least to start with if you're going by the assumption he turns up in the summer you're still having to trim down that squad and given the fact that it did go wrong at Bayern even if I'm a fan and more positive about Nagelsmann you have to bring that into the conversation what I would say in response to that on a general note I think you're going to find it very difficult at this level at any level to find a coach who hasn't lost the dressing room, hasn't fallen out with some players, 
hasn't had things within there. The, the perfect Chelsea head coach or the perfect just coach in general is very hard to find unless you are going to somehow appoint Pep Guardiola, unless you are going to reincarnate Jose Mourinho and bring him from 2004 into this game. You know, I, I think you're struggling. I, I really do. I think you are struggling. If if you're just, if any sign of like discontent and problems with a coach in the past is kind of just, it puts you off, then you're kind of, you are limiting yourself drastically on that front. And I don't think because it didn't work perfectly for Nagelsmann at Bayern, that means that he should be ruled out. And that doesn't mean that his ideas won't work at Chelsea. I would say that it's just about having that structure above whoever you appoint that you do accept that maybe in two to three years it will run stale, it will become combustible, maybe it will become a situation where, say, a Nagelsmann does fall out of people and then you have to make a change. It's it's about getting to that point and having the safety net behind that that it means that you just change head coach and the transition is pretty smooth. That's my big concern, is that Nagelsmann or Enrique comes in and we treat them like the Messiah figure and we bend everything to their will. That is not the way I think a, a smart modern club should be run, particularly one with Chelsea and everything they're trying to exude to the public at the moment of being a, a club who want to look at data, want to have a, a proper football structure of expertise above the head coach. When you're bringing in people like Win Stanley, uh, Lawrence Stewart, Vival, that's important. But I feel with Nagelsmann, he does have a track record of getting results at different levels. And pretty recently as well. It's not like with Enrique, it's taken a while. Even you say Pochettino, the last time he managed in Premier League was 2019. Nagelsmann, the the one kind of, I, I guess, red flag is that we only have a sample size in the Bundesliga. That's not to say nothing to transition from the Bundesliga, but it is a very different league, obviously. And we've seen that in terms of players moving from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and the adaptation of that. But... When you look at what he did at Hoffenheim, he was a very young coach, one of the youngest in, I think the youngest in Bundesliga history to take over at that point. Saved them for relegation within a year, had them qualifying for the Champions League. The year after that, they were in the top four in the Bundesliga and got into the Champions League group stage. When he went to RB Leipzig, he got them to the Champions League semi-final, something they have not done since. And I think his second season, they were second or third which was an incredible season for them. And then, of course, he moves on to Bayern Munich and last season wins the Bundesliga. We won't know now if he would have won it a second year in a row. Clearly, there were fallouts with key figures within the dressing room, senior figures within the dressing room. Um, and I guess my point of view is if Chelsea are looking to take out some of those older figures in the dressing room right now, the, the kind of players you think are past their, their best or ones that are going to be moved on in the summer, I think that's important. And then you have a young core that you work with. That's who Chelsea are investing in. That is who the ownership are trying to buy in the transfer window. I know there's a lot of people who are kind of going, we need big egos uh, we, or we need a coach who's going to deal with big egos. Obviously, that's important at a big club and man management. I think Negglesman said as much, you know, coaching is about 30% tactics and 70% so, social competence. That is absolutely true. Um, but I also do think that it's a very different dressing room, maybe to Bayern, to Real Madrid, and also to an old Chelsea team. If you have a young core and you're sticking with that young core, and as I say, if it fits into the vision above, I think Nagelsmann ticks a lot of boxes because he's also worked with people within the current structure. You don't kind of want a, a friends, you know, union where it's we're only bringing in people we know. I think that's dangerous. But at the same time, there would hopefully be a, an ease transition there. And I also think Nagelsmann has got the weight of personality. I think Enrique absolutely could too. If you look at his career, he has inspired great things to win a Champions League is a huge thing. And Barcelona haven't done it since. Um... So listen, I think there are there are pros and cons to whoever we speak about. Pochettino, you know, in the Premier League, didn't win a trophy with Spurs. 
there's a feeling that maybe to him he his ideas maybe aren't as progressive as, as maybe some others we could choose there are riskier options out there if you're bringing in a Spalletti from Napoli are you going to run into the problems you've had with same Rizzo Sarri you're bringing in a, a culture shift again that that in itself is a big problem which is why when I was doing my reaction to Graham Potter being sacked I think you need to have someone who's had big club experience somewhere I really do. Unless they are a force of character, kind of a, a, a massive character who can deal with that and are just they're just waiting for that big club. I do feel that Pochettino, Nagelsmann and Enrique probably are the top three because they they all have that experience in some way. So that, for me, makes them the top three. They really are. I just want to end speaking about Frank because it would be the craziest end to this season if Frank took over and would get a Champions League quarterfinal against Real Madrid. It would be lovely. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you my, my blinkered kind of love for Frank Lampard. You know, he's never going to dwindle. And maybe in a kind of symbolic way, it would be nice that he would finally get his proper send-off by Chelsea fans inside Stamford Bridge because he didn't get it as a player and he didn't get it as a head coach because he was sacked during the lockdown phase when fans weren't allowed in the stadium. So, of course, it would rally. It would it, Naturally, it would rally all of us behind him as supporters. It would kind You could kind of sell it as, listen... What is there left to lose in this season? Chelsea are now, what is it, a point away from 40? You know, there's no kind of relegation trouble. Let's go for the Champions League. I still kind of think it's a little bit chaotic and comedy-esque. You know, it is kind of a little bit fantasy football. That's not to say Frank in the dugout and Frank being in and around Chelsea, you know, isn't something that kind of warms my heart. But listen, I think that there are... There is maybe a smarter option here and preferably, I think preferably, it would be getting someone in soon to kind of end this limbo phase and to really give them that time to work with the team, analyse the team in the remaining games of the season. If you could convince a Nagelsmann, Enrique, Pochettino to arrive in the next few weeks, sure, it's a kind of weird situation that they only have a brief period until the end of the season, but at least they maybe can assess who they want, who they don't want, get their feet under t- under the table, maybe a little bit of an extended preseason because we know how preseasons can be sometimes a little bit awkward, particularly with the amount of upheaval that is likely to happen again over the summer with trying to sell players and trying to bring them in. Those are my thoughts. Listen, I, I think that it's a really interesting time for Chelsea. Uh, I-, I feel that in terms of getting this decision right, I'd rather than take longer and think about it and think about the pros and cons and think about what they want and think about the lessons they've learned from what went wrong with Graham Potter. You know, I think it's good that Enrique and Nagelsmann are two of the top ones because these are guys that have had top club experience now and have worked within that environment and probably have the mentality and the personality to deal with a lot of that. But there are pros and cons to everyone. You know, we could sit here and I think it just comes down to personal preference. I, Out of Enrique and Nagelsmann, I prefer Nagelsmann more so in all honesty because I've tracked his career for a longer period of time. I enjoy some of the football he's produced. I enjoy some of the ideas he has. That doesn't mean to say I like everything about him. And, you know, as with any coach, particularly at Chelsea, historically, it doesn't last very long. So, listen, I think it's all personal preference. And uh, we will see how it goes. I mean, none of us are in control over who gets it. We're just giving opinions at this point. You can follow me on Twitter, at Son of Chelsea. Hope you guys have enjoyed this show. And I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.